Performance reviews are the single most important form of task-relevant feedback you can provide. And the truth is, most managers don't do an especially good job at it. How you assess performance. Deliver the assessment and allocate rewards like promotions, dollars, and stock options will positively or negatively influence a report's performance for a long time. In short, performance reviews are incredibly high leverage. The fundamental purpose of a performance review is to improve a report's performance by focusing on their skill level to determine what skills are missing and how to remedy them, and their motivation to increase performance at the same skill level. Reviews represent the most formal type of leadership. It's the only time you are mandated to act as judge and jury. You are required to make a judgment and deliver it to a fellow worker. These two aspects of the review, assessing performance and delivering the assessment, are equally difficult. So let's look at each in more detail. The most common mistake when assessing performance is to not clearly define what you want from a direct report. If you don't know where you want to go, you can't know if you've got there. But assessing the performance of knowledge workers is difficult. Knowledge work is fuzzy, and most jobs involve activities that don't produce output in the period under review. You must give these outputs appropriate weight when assessing performance even if you can't be 100% objective. Using the managerial black box, we can characterize performance by output and internal measures. Output are things you can and should measure on a chart. Think completed projects, quotas, or increased yield. Internal measures are what happen inside the black box, activities to create output for the given period under review, and those that set the stage for future output. There's no formula to determine how to weigh output versus internal measures. The proper weighting could be 50-50, 90-10, or 10-90, and it will shift over time. A similar trade-off is how you weigh long-term performance against short-term performance. Think about the present value. How much will the future-oriented activity pay back over time? And how much is that worth today? You also need to consider the offset between activity and output. During the review period, output may have all, some, or nothing to do with the activities done during the same period. You need to judge performance, not just see and record what is in plain sight. If you are reviewing a manager's performance, do you judge individual performance or performance of the group under supervision? Ultimately, the performance of the group, but you must determine whether they have added value and whether they are likely to increase the output of their team in the future. Avoid the potential trap. Force yourself to assess performance, not possibility. When deciding who to promote, understand that no action communicates your values more clearly than who you promote. Every promotion creates a role model for others in your organization. Finally, no matter how well a person has performed, find a way to suggest an improvement. Remember, the point of the review is to improve performance. When you are delivering a review, you want to level, listen, and leave yourself out. Level with your report. The integrity of the system relies on honesty. And don't be surprised if praising someone is as hard as critiquing them. 
The goal of the review is to transmit your thoughts to your report. The more complex the issue, the higher the probability of miscommunication. You need to listen and employ all your sensory capabilities to ensure that you're being heard. It's your responsibility to continue until you are satisfied that the review has been understood. Leave yourself out. The review is about and for your subordinate, not you. Keep your insecurities, anxiety, guilt and emotion out of it. Most reviews will contain positive and negative assessments. Avoid delivering a laundry list of superficial, cliché or unrelated observations. Long lists leave your reports confused and won't improve performance. We all have a finite capacity to deal with facts, issues and suggestions. You may want to raise seven things, but if they can only take on four, at best you'll waste your breath. At worst, you'll overwhelm them, and they won't get anything from the review. Remember, the purpose of the review is to increase performance, not to share everything. Less is often more. Look for relationships between related issues, and group them into a single item. Once you have your list, ask yourself whether your report will remember everything. If not, delete the less important ones. What you don't include can be included in the next review. It's preferable if reviews don't contain surprises, but if you find one, bring it up. If you're assessing a poor performer, you'll need to work through the five stages of problem solving. Poor performers tend to ignore their problems. You've made progress when they actively deny the problem. Rather than ignoring it, find facts and examples to demonstrate reality. You know you've made progress when they admit it's a problem, but maintain it's not their problem. If they have a problem, there's no way of resolving it if they blame others. The most significant step is when they assume responsibility. Then, finding a solution is relatively easy. Your job is to get them to move through each stage, but finding the solution should be a shared task. There are three possible outcomes. One, they accept your assessment and recommended cure and commit to taking it. Two, they disagree with your assessment but accept your cure. And three, they disagree with your assessment and won't commit to doing what you've recommended. The first outcome is ideal, but any commitment to action is acceptable. Complicated issues don't lend themselves to universal agreement. If your subordinate commits to change, Assume that they're sincere. If you can't get them past the blame others stage, you need to go back to the what, when, how mode of management and get their commitment to the course of action and then monitor performance against the commitment. While we provide poor performers with detailed feedback, the majority of reviews for high performers make little or no attempt to define what they need to improve. If you're assessing a top performer, you must make an effort to suggest ways to improve. Remember, the purpose of a review is to improve performance. Focusing on poor performers is backwards. You should spend more time trying to improve the performance of your best people. After all, these people account for a disproportionate share of the organization's output. If they get better, the impact on group output is enormous. Not only is it incredibly high leverage, it's what the best people want. There is always room to improve, and top performers crave feedback. Is it a good idea to ask a report to prepare some kind of self-review 
before being reviewed by you? Probably not. If you need a report to give you a list of accomplishments, you haven't done your job as a manager. The act of evaluating an employee is a formal act of leadership. Don't get nudged by self-reviews and commit to non-biased performance reviews. Should your report evaluate your performance? This can be a good idea if you make it clear that it's your job to assess their performance and their assessment of you is only advisory. Don't pretend you and your reports are equal during performance reviews. Should you deliver the written review before, during, or after the face-to-face discussion? Give your report the written review before the face-to-face conversation. They can read it and will be more emotionally prepared. Preparing and delivering performance reviews is one of the hardest tasks you'll have to perform as a manager. The best way to learn to do them well is to think critically about the reviews you have received and what made them good or bad. 